Yo and hello. Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. We're wondering. Do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? More importantly, do you remember any of the bands that are featured in Radio Free Roscoe? Because they are hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> if you or your loved ones have been in a band that has been in Radio Free Roscoe, <laughs> you may be entitled to answer some questions on this podcast. You may be entitled to set up a band camp page or get in touch with cd baby cd baby seems to find a few of them <laughs> you may be entitled to use the basic tools of the internet that everyone else has access to <laughs> so this week we're looking at season two episode 15 we'll always have roscoe first aired march 11th 2005 written by nicole demers and directed by chris grismer math sucks midterms suck i suck have to say not as eloquent as usual will Oh, and now you suck. So we start out the episode with some flirty math homework, I guess. Uh, Lily and <laughs> Travis are hanging out in Lily's basement doing some math. And um, yeah, Lily's not getting it. And Travis just kind of, you know, makes it a music metaphor to try to get her to understand it. And like, she's going along with it. But it's like, it's it's very much the, just the two of them flirting and being cutesy. Um, and, you know, at the end of the exchange, they kiss, at which point Parker comes downstairs and sees them and then kind of like runs off before, uh, she gets caught by either of them. So that's fun. Nope. She, she basically books it out of there after they have like a cheesy line about, Ooh, the total being more than the sum of the parts or whatever. And then they kiss. And then at school, Lily's trying to get her locker open and Parker comes by and makes a comment about kissing it for luck. Maybe it'll open. Lily and Parker talk about Lily's new relationship with Travis. Oh, it's kind of weird. Lily doesn't seem to be that super into it. She's like, no, it's not like that. Travis just, you know, he's a really good friend. <laughs> you know, you just kiss your friend. Just, we're just making out. It's fine. Yeah. But I, I also just like, just Parker's line about kissing it for luck, as if that's why she thought Lily was kissing Travis. Just for right. Good, just for good luck on this math. Yeah, you know you gotta kiss you a friend in order to get math this powers. This is why I'm bad at math. Yes, need to need to kiss more friends. <laughs> need to kiss more friends. But Lily wants Parker to keep it a secret that she's kissing her friend until after exams are over, because she's like, oh, you know, it's pressure and we want to like settle into things. And Parker's like, oh, I don't know, it's hard for me to keep secrets. And then like Lily hands her a pudding cup and she's like, okay, which is. That, to, to be fair, that would work on me as well. Just give me a pudding cup and I'll, I'll keep your secrets. Well, well I will say um, to, to that point, um, Sammy famously does not enjoy Monopoly. So yes. we had like years and years ago, uh, a family game of Monopoly, which ended with her turning to me um, as, as a qu- quite a young child and saying, I will give you all of my properties if you go get me a glass of chocolate milk. So it really, really does not take much. Give her something chocolatey. Yeah, I like chocolate. It's good. good. Ben and Cougar Radio, Kim's finishing up a broadcast and River smarmily smarbs into the room being like, oh, did you have that dream about me? (laughs) To smarm. Ugh, the smarm. To dream, perchance to smarm. (laughs) To dream, perchance to smarm. And Kim's like, yeah, I had that dream where you were shirtless and I approached you and I showed you this. And it's an acceptance letter to a prestigious school in Paris that she's apparently heading off for. Paris, Ontario. (laughs) Yeah, Paris, Ontario. She's headed off to Paris, Ontario. She's feeling kind of torn about it. And River makes a comment about the city of lights versus the city of the giant pitchfork. Like, come on, it's it's no contest. And uh, 
I'm so glad that we get another ref to the giant pitchfork. You get this pitchfork lore. Kim spies Robbie walking along in the hallway, and she's like, yeah, like, you know, no contest. And he's sad. Way. Then we go back to the radio station, and we're still getting these weird sort of, like, coupley, not coupley, kissing your friend vibes from Lily and Travis, where um, they they reunite, and Lily's like, hey, you know what? I've been thinking, is it okay if we just keep this a secret for now? And Travis is like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And they're being kind of... There's just weird chemistry between them or like non-chemistry. I, I think it's a, I think it's different. I'm reading this different that Travis is much more um, into this as a relationship than she is. Like he's much more confident in it. Like she comes oh, into uh, the, the shed and he goes, hey, sweetie, I missed you all day. Like it's like immediately like in in for the the nicknames. And then right. looks actually like really put out when uh, he's like, oh, I, I was thinking the same thing and like is oh, trying to play it true. off. Yeah. It's almost easy to forget with the whirlwind we've had in the last few episodes that Travis was pining for Lily for a good chunk of the season while Lily was undecided and then in love with Ray and ugh, turbulence of feelings. As Buddha did say, revel in love, for it is the one truth. Well... Smog, sometimes couples just aren't ready to go public yet. I mean, telling people is a big step. Or maybe they're just afraid. Afraid of how people react. Afraid of how they feel. Afraid to be vulnerable. On the RFR broadcast, Travis decides to bring up the topic of secret relationships and how that's becoming a thing lately, I guess. <laughs> and so they're talking about like the pros and cons of secret relationships. And Lily's trying to be like, oh, well, sometimes people aren't ready to go public. It's not a big deal. And Robbie's, of course, like, you know, some people are scared about how they feel or what are what people are going to think about them. And Ray's talking about like, oh, secrets are awesome, though. You can have code names and you can put on funny accents and stuff like that. And then very, very conveniently for our own lore, uh, <laughs> in response to like Ray talking about all these little secret things, he says, even international super spies need to pass the ninth grade. And Travis is like, no, they don't. <laughs> they really don't. You fool. You know nothing. Uh, it's it was very good. It's a very good uh moment. But yeah, we, we get kind of this debate between all of them and then they get a caller and it's Kim Carlisle calling into RFR. I had a secret relationship once. From my experience, question mark is right. I'm sorry, could you please say that again? I don't think we heard you correctly. I agree with you. Fear often disguises our deepest desires. Think about it. If we stay afraid, we won't go after what we really want, and we won't get hurt. And it's like this kind of weird moment of everybody looking around being like, is Kim is Kim calling us and actually talking to us? And then yeah. she signs off and says, thanks for being a worthy adversary. So it's like this very weird bit of like Kim Carlisle Finality. closure as she's like planning on leaving Roscoe kind of quietly. And it's interesting that, you know, R Robbie doesn't clock that. He doesn't really... You know, we, we don't see him really react to that. It's mm -hmm. just more like, wait, why is Kim calling? It's like, Robbie, what, what, what does she mean at the end there? Robbie, Robbie. And then we go to Mickey's where Kim and Robbie manage to sort of do that shuffle dance that you do when you're in each other's way. And they have a chat about the fact that Kim was on RFR. And it turns into this whole thing where she's like, I never saw, I never got what you saw on RFR. And Robbie's like, there's lots of things you don't know about me. And Kim's like, because he wouldn't let me know things about you. And 
they're talking about how, you know, Robbie kept pushing her away. And he's like, well, I'm sorry. And then they just kiss. <laughs> they're just like getting all riled up. And then they just like kiss. And Kim's completely disarmed. And she's just like, I have to go. And meanwhile, Lily is observing the whole thing. Um, so, you know, she's known about Robbie and Kim for a little while now. Uh, unless the writers forgot again. <laughs> and so I guess we'll see what advice she has for Robbie. Extra, extra, read all about it. Good luck, Kim. Roscoe's losses, Paris's gain. Mm -hmm. The boys are hanging out in the hallway, and Ray excitedly comes down, and he's like, ooh, look at this, and he's holding a school newspaper that has, like, this picture of Kim and Waller, and then, like, really huge font, like, as if this is the most breaking news in the world, and it's the fact that uh, Kim is leaving Roscoe for, for Paris, and, you know, Robbie takes the newspaper from Ray and angrily storms off and Ray and Travis just kind of look at each other, like trying to figure out what's going on. And he kind of corners Kim at the DJ booth and he's like, were you going to tell me about this? And she's like, I don't have to tell you anything. And when he asks her about the kiss, she says it was meant as a goodbye. And he, you know, kind of calls after her and she turns around. And before he can really get anything out, who smarms their way in but River and, you know, slings his arm over her shoulder and walks her away. And, uh, oh no, oh no for Kim and Robbie. I, I, I think I'm, I think I'm falling in love with you. Wow, that's really sweet. That's sweet? That's what you just said about the CD I burned for you. Oh, no, 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 that's not what I meant. What I meant was, I think I'm falling in love with you too. <laughs> oh boy so we get lily just kind of sitting on the floor in the hallway with her locker open which is the weird part for me is that her locker is just wide open she's just kind of chilling on the floor with all of her stuff and parker kind of comes up teasing her about you know being so into travis and it kind of you know becomes apparent that lily's not all that into travis and she, you know, lets Parker know that she saw Robbie and Kim kissing. And um, which kind of for, for Lily having kept Robbie's secret for so long, I'm like, why? What are you doing? Why are you telling her now? But she says like she's only telling Parker because she hasn't seen passion like that in a long time. And, you know, um, Parker's just kind of trying to kind of gauge Lily's feelings, I guess. And she's like, but dude, Travis, Travis is great. Travis is cool, but cue Travis coming in with a one-week anniversary present. He's got this little gift bag. He pops up behind her locker, and he's like, hey, I get you a present. Uh, thankfully, he does not call her boo, because I don't think I could handle that again emotionally. That's but, true. But oh, my he's gosh. Given and he her... doesn't say booyah either. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but he's given her a mix CD in which every song on it spells out the, the letters and the name Lily Randall. And it's it's very cute, but it's very intense. And we are once again getting this very intense, ooh, Travis is in a relationship. He's got to do all of the things. And he's got to be, he's got to be that guy. It's it's kind of amazing what a switch has flipped because his approach before was like, oh, I have to move on. I can't get attached to anybody. And now it seems like with Bridget, she kind of opened his heart, but like she really opened the floodgates. <laughs> Yeah, and also, I mean, you think back to Audrey and how, like, he, he just straight up didn't show up for their dates and was, like... Yeah! I mean, still going to an extreme and, like, writing a whole radio play for her, 
but like uh, it's a very different Travis in like confidence level. It's true. It's true. This Travis is just like, please love me. I love you so much. Yeah. But Lily takes it. She's like, that's so sweet. But I didn't get you anything because it's it's been one week. And, yeah, you know, dude. What the hell? Um, and he's like, well, you know, what we could do is we could start telling people. And like, she's like, oh, I'll just kiss you instead. <laughs> and he's like, that's great. But like, can't, why can't we tell people? And Travis, again, one week into this relationship, he's like, I think I'm falling in love with you. And Lily, not knowing what to say <laughs> and not wanting to seem like really, I don't know, kind of disconnected, like the way that she's actually feeling. She's like, yeah, same. So we've got some relationship drama abound between Lily and Travis, I guess, finding their footing and, you know, just trying to be content after their kind of respective heartbreaks and Robbie coping with this new news of Kim leaving Roscoe if you can imagine such a thing all right folks so we couldn't get through this show without having a segment where we talk about uh the the biggest and the the baddest possibly of Canadian children's media of this time period. It's it's about time we talked about Caillou. I'm just a kid who's four. Each day I grow some more. I like exploring. I'm Caillou. So many things to do. Each day is something Oh, it's new. Caillou time. It's, good lord, it's Caillou time. So Caillou aired from 1997 to 2010. Excuse me? <laughs> That's so long. <laughs> That's too much Caillou. It, it didn't run straight for 13 years during that time okay so yeah it was based off of the book series that started in 1989 and then in 1997 there were 65 um five minute episodes produced and then that all kind of continued production through to 2003 when they released caillou's holiday movie and then there was another production block starting in 2006 and now reading this you know i said 2010 but i'm looking at this Uh-oh. this production block and this says uh, 2012 PBS Kids announced that a 26 episode fourth season would premiere in 2013. So. Oh, stop. No, we don't need more of this. It's too long of a run. This isn't Arthur. Truly. Uh, just just too much. Um, Hi, you. It's not Arthur. So the show itself is produced by CNR, Cookie Jar Entertainment, and Clockwork Zoo, who are familiar names to us aside from Clockwork Zoo which is based out of Cape Town, South Africa. So uh, oh. a different different player than we've seen before. You know, we've seen a lot of international partnerships, but I don't think we've seen one out of South Africa before. So that's interesting. Um, they were working on kind of the, the later seasons. So the show itself was created by Helene Desputeau and Christine LaRue. Uh, very anglicized pronunciations, I apologize. Um, but Helen created the book series and interestingly to me also illustrated the book Purple, Green, and Yellow, which was my favorite Robert Munch book. So, Oh uh, my God. Cool connection there. But a little about the show. So this is just the Wikipedia synopsis. Caillou lives with his mother, father, and younger sister, Rosie. He has many adventures with his family and friends and uses his imagination in every episode. Um, and then pulling from the character bio, also from the wiki page, <laughs> Uh, Caillou, which is pebble or stone in French, uh, nicknamed the Prince of Imagination, is the Excuse title me? character of the show. 
Nicknamed by whom? Yes. Also, I like the fact that his name means pebble or stone. Like his parents were just like, what does this kid remind you of? <laughs> a pebble. A fucking pebble because he's so bald. A fucking pebble because he's so bald. Caillou is an imaginative four-year-old with a love for forms of transportive machinery, such as rocket ships or airplanes. Oh boy, I sure love transportive machinery. <laughs> it's just such a weird fucking way to say that. Uh, a dreamer, Caillou is prone to frequent dream sequences in some episodes, visualizing his daydreams and hopes, and many episodes chronicle his normal daily experiences with his parents, friends, and neighbors. So he's just like, he's just a four-year-old. This is just like a show for four-year-olds. Simple it's enough premise. Whiny four-year-old. Just, he, yeah. does, he doesn't even shrink. He's just, he's just a little kid. That's all we got. <laughs> so um, just looking at this voice cast. So Caillou had three different voice actors uh, throughout the run. The first was Bryn McCauley, who we've seen before in shows like um, Little Bear. Uh, has done a lot of voice work in Canadian children's media. Was then followed by uh, Jacqueline Linetsky, who was in 15 Love. Uh, unfortunately, was one of the uh, the cast members who oh, died no. in that car crash. Oh, God. So then after oh. after her death, she was replaced by Annie Boviard. Uh, Rosie Caillou's little sister was initially voiced by Bridget Tierney and then later voiced by Jessie Vinette, who was also voiced Shigua in Sagwa, the Chinese Siamese cat. Another popular oh, show of the time. Okay. And then we've got uh, Doris, or Mommy, Caillou's mom, uh, voiced by Jennifer Seguin, who's also Stella in Wings Club, and Madeline in Mona the Vampire. And then Boris, apparently the Doris and Boris. Doris and Boris. Great. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, or Dor- Daddy, who was voiced by Pat Fry. <laughs> Doris and Boris and Pebble. <laughs> Doris and Boris and Pebble. <laughs> When you say it like that, it sounds stupid. <laughs> so I'm going to dive right into one of our fa- favorite segments uh, within a segment, the CanCon commercial Uh-oh. break, which is, does it have a change.org petition? Um, the answer is yes. Uh, the The thing about Caillou, though, is that usually when we have these petitions, there are people being like, oh, bring this show back, please. But looking, uh, pulling from just, just the first two pages of Google search results, <laughs> we've got uh, a whole a whole slew of petitions here. Uh, so I'll go through the names of them. We've got remove Caillou from the air, get Caillou off the air, ban Caillou from TV, ban Caillou, remove Caillou from Treehouse tv we gotta get caillou out of here <laughs> congressman chavettes investigate caillou <laughs> what? youtube remove caillou gets grounded videos and finally possibly my favorite change caillou's name to fred <laughs> uh, fred pebble so i think this one this is from the petition ban caillou this kind of sums up the real the general feeling of all of these, and all of the criticism of this show. Uh, This is my petition to remove Caillou off the air. It's a horrible show. And I'll give you some reasons why the show should be banned. Caillou and his sister, Rosie, are whiny, spoiled, and underdisciplined. Why can't I go to the circus? I want to go to the circus. Let's make toast. We can cut it into little duckies, like Grandma does. No! I don't want to make duckies! That's for babies! It teaches kids to be a whiner, being a brat, and not listening to their parents. It is not teaching kids anything. It's only teaching kids to have bad behavior, whine over everything, and throw temper tantrums. And if you are a parent, please sign this petition to prevent your kids from being influenced by this madness. (laughs) The madness. 
That's the vibe of all of them, except for maybe change Caillou's name to Fred. (laughs) (laughs) Which just says, what kind of maniac names a child Caillou, much less uses it as a name for a children's show? That's it. Do they not understand that there are names that are French? (laughs) Eight people have signed it, and it's still open, so you can too. Doris and Boris and Fred. But I, I've uh, found just some gems across the, the internet of reactions to this show. Uh, this is a HuffPost article called, This is How Much People Hate Caillou. It's <laughs> just kind of like an internet roundup of all of the, the areas um, of the, the internet that have been touched by this hatred. There are several Facebook pages, including I Fucking Hate Caillou and possibly My Favorite Parents Against Caillou. Oh my god. Um, I'll share some some excerpts from that. Uh, this is a, a recent post that says, e-learning could be a lot worse. Your kid could be Caillou. <laughs> um, there's a Father's Day post that's a picture of Boris, and it says, sucks to be this dad. Happy Father's Day to all the dads in this group. <laughs> and, you know, similar lockdown posts. It's like, well, at least you're not in quarantine with Caillou. Oh, my God. It's all very similar things of that nature. It's a very, very dedicated page um, with uh, over a thousand people liking it. So, uh got some traction there there's also um tweet here about a mom in a netflix customer service chat asking to get caillou banned from her netflix so her kids can't watch it oh my god just a ton of youtube edits of people doing parodies of the theme song tweets kind of with a similar vibe and of course uh john oliver segment in which he tells Caillou to fuck off. I would rather sit down with my niece and watch Caillou, a children's show about a bald Canadian child who lives a life devoid of any incident. F*** you, Caillou! Grow some hair and leave the house! Find out what the world's about! Come on! Uh, which Which is pretty great. Which is pretty great. Oh, we all hate Caillou. We all hate Caillou, so, yeah. Um... That's a fun little hub, as are the Facebook pages, and as are, of course, the the Reddit r slash fuck Caillou, which, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, I haven't done a deep dive. I'm assuming there's, like, some real nasty shit in this Reddit oh, because it's, it's, Reddit. it's a Reddit, but I mean, I, I do, like, one of the first posts that I saw just says, I am vegan, but I would fucking eat Caillou's flesh from his bones. Oh, so. <laughs> no! Oh boy. It's it's truly amazing what a phenomenon this show is and for the fact that you know it's it's been on the air for so long. Yeah. Like even even though it only had 144 episodes in that run in that span of time that I I said before, it's it's still like such a long broadcast for something that's been criticized for so long. Yes. But I've got a National Post article here called Caillou is an aggressively bad show ruining the world's children and it's all Canada's fault. It's yeah. <laughs> uh, a Narcity article. Caillou is the worst thing that has ever happened to Canadian media and it's gotten to the point where Canadians are publicly apologizing for it. And uh, this one that's from... Uh, I guess, like, kind of a sports uh, reporting site that says Arian Foster hates Caillou and you should too. So I I, I guess if you're into football, um, this guy says Caillou can't grow hair, not because he has cancer or progeria, be- but because he sucks and even his body <laughs> recognizes that he does not deserve hair or food or love. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> so oh, that's, that's pretty much the vibe of everything is uh, Caillou is whiny and terrible and bald. 
everyone will always bring up the fact that he is bald. Um, I did do some reading, and apparently it was because, I mean, he was supposed to be really little when uh, they first, you know, started drawing him. Like, he's he's really little when the book started. And then they were like, well, we'll age him up and we'll give him hair. But they said um, when they started drawing hair on him, he became unrecognizable. So they just said we're gonna we're just gonna keep him bald, which I think is really weird. Yeah, that's like that's like looking at a baby, and, and <laughs> like not being able to tell. Oh shit! When this baby gets hair, we're not gonna recognize him anymore. <laughs> that's not my child. That's Who not are my you? son. Oh my god! Did, does anybody like Caillou? There are some gems in the fandom wiki. There is a Caillou fandom wiki. Amazing. Um, one of the things I was going through the blog posts in the fandom wiki, and this post is called "I Like Caillou," but this is like a whole a whole essay of a post, so I won't read the whole thing. But it does start with "Hi, I'm Will, Caillou's big fan, advocate, and best friend, except for Leo, and I'm creating a blog showing my liking and love for Caillou and coming to his defense. I love Caillou, and for several reasons, including just because I do." He's not just a cute little boy, but he's also very nice and smart, not to mention better than I was as a four-year-old. In fact, if you knew me when I was four, you'd probably like Caillou better. I mean, I was likable, but I was very difficult to deal with. I went through several babies, babysitters, for goodness sake. I went sake. through several babies. <laughs> but this isn't about me. This is about a little bald cartoon star. Or at least I say he's a star. That my opinion toward him. Oh my and then God. it just goes on in like this whole... Honestly, very sweet tone of him being like, I understand that everybody hates him, but I'm just saying here's some reasons not to. And it's just, it's very in-depth. He points to a couple of articles, like, against the whole slew that I found, he's pointed to two that are like, a couple reasons why Caillou is okay, maybe. (laughs) Like, not even, like, incredibly committed to the stance, but it, it ends with a little piece of fan art of um caillou who actually looks more like the bald one in ed ed and eddie in the white shirt oh johnny i think yeah johnny, johnny and plank yeah 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 Yeah. he he looks like johnny from ed ed and eddie but it's Amazing. just like this this drawing of caillou of him saying i love you <laughs> and okay is johnny, what, is johnny what caillou becomes like everybody hates caillou so his best friend is a plank oh i hope so I wonder if that exists in a fan fiction universe somewhere. Also in the Caillou fandom wiki uh, blog post, here's a post that's called, well, I guess crime doesn't pay. Ham, Toy Story 2. And the... uh, (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) The text of this post reads, sometimes we want to go back to a peaceful time, but sometimes we can't. You kind of have to make a choice sometimes. Either learn from your actions or don't. Either move on from the incident or don't. In simpler terms, you have a choice act like Caillou joins the circus Caillou or Caillou helps out Caillou. Honestly, I've made several mistakes in my life I wish I could take back, but we can't change our past. (laughs) Holy shit! (laughs) But we can't change our past. We can only affect our future. Honestly, life is too short to act like a hero for attention with claims, hacking, of sock puppets and VPN usage. <laughs> what? <laughs> but there's a time and place for actions like these. And here, on this wiki, and now, when everything is not perfect in the world, if you want to hate and act like a hero for attention, just do on your own time. This had to be said. I'm so confused. <laughs> what crime? <laughs> what crime did you commit? 
Oh, no. Something involves oh. hacking and VPNs, I guess. Apparently, apparently. Um, I will say that the most, one of the most visited pages in the Caillou fandom wiki is a page called Crying Clips, which <laughs> just, it's, it's essentially a table of the episode and the reason why Caillou cried. Oh my God. And it's just. The evidence. It's just all of that. Of what is she all the child. reasons why he was crying. Oh my God. And, uh, finally in, in that fandom wiki, um, I did, I did have to make a note of this. There was, uh, another post that said. Has anyone heard of Charlie and Mimo? Is it like <gasps> Caillou? Which I oh, had shit. to bring up. <laughs> oh, because fuck. Charlie Charlie and Mimo was like a segment that aired on Treehouse when I was a kid, and it was very much the same vibe of we hated it so oh, much. Oh God, he really was, it was like a so whiny. Did have Caillou energy? Yeah, from yeah. It's, itsy bitsy time. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But oh. I thought that that was very funny because it was a a good connection and some now, similar character say, designs as well. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, outside of their own fandom wiki, I did find a Caillou entry on the made-up characters wiki. Okay. Is this kind of like Ideas wiki where it's like just fictional? Well, I'll tell you. Welcome to the MUC. Here uh-huh. you can put up your made-up characters, games, movies, TVs, and web shows. Yes, your own made-up characters, games, movies, TVs, and web oh, shows. So use that imagination of yours. So yeah, it's just it's just the Ideas wiki again. Of Amazing. people being like, here's a thing that I made up. But there's uh, this this entry about Caillou that starts with, Caillou is a whiny little French-Canadian spoiled brat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just this entire post of just just shit posting of why Caillou is is the worst thing in the I world. And and they're right. They're absolutely right. A couple a couple of other uh, little pieces of internet. I found a, a Tumblr post. Um, and it's just it's just a photo that says they tore down my childhood home in Istanbul. I visited last winter break and saw this nine foot statue in its place. And it's like this like like kind of gray, rainy looking day, and it's this giant statue of Caillou with his arms just like outstretched to his oh. sides. What? And the the only response on it says Caillou, stealer of souls, destroyer of homes. Oh my god. <laughs> I encourage everybody to just find and look at this image because it's a it's a thing to behold. But one one final thing in uh, in discussing Caillou is another HuffPost article that I found that's called "How Tall Is Caillou and Should We Be Scared?" <laughs> well, if he's anything like this nine foot statue, we should be terrified. Well, oh, <laughs> this article starts. Depending on who you ask, Caillou, the fictional four-year-old boy on the children's show of the same name, is either a charming and wholesome kid adventuring through the world, or a tyrannical brat who terrorizes his parents until he gets his way. But after some online sleuthing, there now seems to be a third option: Caillou is a giant-sized boy. <laughs> some people <laughs> online are startled. A giant uh, boy. Twitter user Natalie Zeismer drew attention on social media after she asked the important question, how tall is Caillou? Google provided the horrifying result that he is apparently 5 <laughs> feet 11 inches tall. What? <laughs> but I guess it was like one of those things that was put into, um, you know, uh, a website and a fandom wiki and like a couple of places where it's, it's just possible. that's... That's that's the result, but it's <laughs> but then somebody uh you know kind of ran with that and like looked at a picture of him and his family side by side and they said so Caillou's dad is really twelve foot two out here huh. <laughs> 
true. Yeah, like if Caillou's that gigantic, what about his family? Caillou, this this giant boy, the uh, the opposite of George. George shrank so Caillou could grow. There's there's really not too much else that I could say about Caillou. Most of the the content for it online is just people making shit posts about how much they hate Caillou and how much they want to eat his flesh and how terrifyingly tall he is. I can't say I ever wanted to eat his flesh, but I do I do remember not liking it and our parents absolutely hating it as well. Oh, absolutely. And I can I can touch on that a little bit. Um, I won't read too many reviews just because they will all echo the same sentiments that we've seen yes. in all of those articles and in all of those petitions. Um, I will say this is the most reviews I have ever seen on Common Sense Media for a single show with 127 wow. parent reviews and 186 kid reviews, Good which Lord. is a pretty hefty amount. Uh, this this first one says, I think they should change the title to Cry You instead of Caillou, which I'm pretty oh. sure is a joke our parents made when we were kids. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. Um, this one is titled, No, Just No, Just No. Caillou's little whiny voice is annoying. Don't bother with the review on the homepage. Parents never let your kids watch this show. When he's wearing his gray shirt, it spells doom. He whines when he wears it. All of the cast has squeaky voices. I'm giving it a zero. <laughs> his gray shirt. This one says, this is extremely inappropriate. I had my dog watch an episode, and immediately after, he had a tantrum just like in the show. Then he refused to go to bed. It's bad for dogs, too. <laughs> and then kind of on the other end, we've got this one that says, best show ever. My brother loves to watch the show every single day. The show teaches extremely useful lessons. He used to throw tantrums, but not anymore. Caillou is the best. But yeah, it's pre pretty much all of the reviews either talk about him whining or him being bald or him being a bald whiny boy. And uh, and that's about it. I I don't know that I could contribute any any more to Caillou than that. Than just echoing those those sentiments. Um, I think this was a show that I watched as a kid, and even then, quickly developed the taste to realize that it was a it was a bad time. It was a bad time all around, my dude. But, bad time. Um, he's a bad he's a bad guy. <laughs> you know, for for every RFR that Canada produces, we got to produce a Caillou, right? Oh, do we have to? <laughs> Circle of life. I mean, I give her a hard time from time to time, but that's because I thought that you thought that that was funny. So this is all just a big joke to you, isn't it? No. We get a scene of Ray and Robbie in Mickey's in which Ray finally clues into the fact that Robbie is into Kim. And like, you know, he's kind of taken back, but he's like, but it's Kim, it's Kim. And, you know, Robbie is like very, you know, very much not in a good mood. And he's like, oh, this is all a joke to you, isn't it? And Ray's like, no, no, I I make fun of her sometimes, but you know she's she's human, and that's what but <laughs> that's what matters. And Robbie's very much not having it. He doesn't want to deal with Ray, you know, making fun of Kim or making fun of him for the situation. And he kind of storms out, leaving Ray kind of, you know, baffled by this apparently new development. This is very it's very dramatic. Robbie's like, you know what? Not everybody's in on the joke. Ray, stomp, stomp, stomp. And then we go to uh, Lily and Parker hanging out in Lily's basement. Parker's listening to the mix CD that Lily's put together. And Lily confides in Parker that, you know, she had this weird interaction today where she, uh, where Travis mentioned that he's falling in love with her. And she was like, yeah, that's really sweet. And Parker's like, that's not exactly what you want to hear when you tell somebody you love them. 
And Lily says, you know how I mentioned, like, there weren't any butterflies or anything like that? Yeah, that's not great. And Parker says, well, you know, it sucks when you don't love somebody back, but it sucks even more when you lied about loving somebody back. And so Lily's got to deal with that now. But Parker is being Parker as usual and giving all her friends sage relationship advice. Like, everybody, just go to Parker. She'll fix your problems. <laughs> just go to Parker. Just go to Parker. She, she fixes everything. And then we get... Uh, we get another uh, radio segment um, in which they're they're talking about true love and the concept of the one and holding on to, um, you know, what you have when you have it. And, you know, it's it's another bit, just like we saw earlier in the show, where it's everybody just kind of airing their own kind of personal grievances where Lily is feeling like, you know, the one is too much pressure and maybe you should just let people go and let people be be free. And then Ray on the other end is like, no, you you hold on to it and you don't let it go ever, ever, ever. And then um, they kind of go off the air and Ray's like, Robbie, I can't I can't let you, you know, go on um, without pursuing Kim, you know. And he's like, he drops it like it's this big bombshell to everybody. He's like, guys, Robbie's in love with Kim. And they all already know. And Ray is, of course, mildly annoyed that he's the last one to know. But he's like, okay, you do just, you get to Mickey's and we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll get her over there. So uh, Robbie agrees to the plan and runs out to Mickey's while Ray, having no actual plan, turns to the rest of the gang. He's like, so what do we do? Quit clowning around, guys. Give me Roscoe General Hospital stat. Uh, Ray, you only say stat when you're the doctor. Would you guys rather be making this phone call? So we get a good montage of Robbie running in our typical sort of RFR saturated colors. He's running and he's running. We're not sure how close or far away Mickey's is, but he's he's running for it. Meanwhile, the rest of the crew is in the station. And what Ray's decided to do is try to get a hold of Dr. Carlisle, Kim's mom, who's uh, OBGYN or something. He's like, she's a baby doctor. So I'm going to pretend that my wife is having a baby. It actually is a good bit of continuity because that was why she couldn't come to dinner. Yes. It's true. Well, well done, writing team. So Ray pretends that he has, uh, his wife is going into labor and he manages to kind of beg the number uh, away from the nurse. And Lily and Travis decide to step outside for a bit. It's, it's a really good bit. Ray's like, you know, like really playing it up, trying to like be like, oh, honey, you're doing so good. And <laughs> Lily's like, you know, if you start going too into this, I'm going to crack up. He's like, then you should probably go then. I think I've never had a baby, but it's going to get messy. And so he leaves and uh, Lily and Travis go have a sit outside. And they're both kind of stunned at, you know, what Ray's doing. Like Ray's like all in to help Robbie. And, you know, Lily says, love is serious business. And they end up having a chat. Lily says, you know what? I think I love you as a friend. Like, you know, not as a boyfriend, but as a friend. And Travis is like, you know what? I feel the same way. And they're like, oh, I guess we're just rebounding. Ha ha ha. And then they hug. And it looks like somebody punched Travis in the heart. He's like, oh, she's like, oh, I'm so relieved. And he hugs her and you just see yeah. him like die inside. Yeah, it's like his face <laughs> over her shoulder. It's like he just completely deflates. He's like, oh, God. Yeah, it looks like somebody like socked him in the gut. Oh, poor, poor Trav. Poor little Trav. Oh, he just has so much love to give. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> he really does. Ray seems to finally get hold of Dr. Carlisle and confesses that he's a friend of Kim's and he's just trying to like get a hold of her and say it tells her it's about Robbie. And I guess, you know, Dr. Carlisle gives him some bad news because he says, oh, okay, I see. Sorry to bother you. Meanwhile, Robbie gets to Mickey's and 
She's not there. Oh no. I don't know if you're gonna get this, but I just wanted to say au revoir. Let's see, that's 27 messages in total. You came. Yeah. Uh, we close out the episode with, um, you know, Robbie's getting shooed out of Mickey's and he calls Kim's phone one more time, gets her voicemail again. He's like, well, I just, just wanted to say goodbye. And then as the camera, and then as the camera turns, we see that Kim is actually standing behind him and it turns out he's left her 27 messages um so it's not it's not as big and dramatic this little goodbye <laughs> i'd really like to know did he say the same thing every time yes what, what do kim, all the i other... just wanted to say au revoir like 27 times yeah hey kim just that over and over again but it turns out ray was you know able to effective enough that um you know kim's dad found out that it was robbie that was looking for her and needed to get a hold of her so he got her a later flight so they're able to kind of have a little moment outside of Mickey's and Robbie's like, I couldn't let you leave without telling you that I love you. And (laughs) Kim kind of surprisingly just goes, thanks. And he's like, Oh, okay. And she's like, no, I I love you too. I was just hoping you would ask me to stay. And he says, you know, your, your world is so much bigger than mine and than this. And I can't stop you from living your life. And, you know, they, they have, they hug and they share a kiss goodbye and he makes her promise to never forget him or Roscoe. And um, she says that Paris is only a plane ride away and it's, it's very cute and very sweet and uh, yeah. very sad. <laughs> we end on Robbie saying, but it's a whole world away. Just as like the lights all close in Mickey's and it's just like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. It's very, <laughs> very big dramatic moment. But uh, it's it's a very good one. It's very, very iconic in my RFR memory brain. Oh, we'll always have Roscoe. We'll always have Roscoe. Over in Mickey's Discs, songs featured in this episode, according to RadioPRoscoe4.tripod.com, include Rip the Universe by Reverie Sanderview, No Regrets by the Ococasionos, who we get a little shout-out from in, you know, our little bank of RFR shout-outs, Morning by Worship Detached, Finding Spaces by Maplewood Lane, and Everything Goes Away by Careless. So, you know, we've got some classics in here, but I wanted to go with the song, the very tender song that plays at the end. It's Everything Goes Away by Careless. It's all in your head, don't act like there's a consequence, no time to pretend. I really couldn't find anything about the band Careless. All I found really was there's some people who've made guitar tabs for the song, I guess, and then there's a posting of it on YouTube, and I just needed to share one of the comments is from YouTuber Bashir Johnson, and this is in all caps, a great song that fit very well for awesome show, Radio Free Roscoe. A farewell to a certain girl that left Roscoe to go to a school in Paris, France. Good luck, Miss Kim Carlisle. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you just for your input. very earnest. Yeah, I just, I love that. And then <laughs> the only other thing to share from that video is user James Liskutin posts, interesting, do they realize there's an international act called Careless Already? Formed in 1996, two albums released, won several broadcast awards. They may consider changing their name. Kind regards. And it turns out James is like one of the band members of this other band called Careless. I just oh, love wow. 
Wow. <laughs> he picked out this one video, which is the only evidence <laughs> of this other band existing, and was like, um, do they know we exist? They should probably change their name. What a weird way to start shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's from like, th- that comment's from like three years ago, too. It's like, dude, mm-hmm. they were long over wherever they are. But, um... Yeah, so unfortunately, I couldn't really find anything on Discogs or anything, but uh, there is a YouTube video of it. If you feel like listening to the song, it's, it is really a very tender acoustic song, and uh, yeah, it's lovely. It will make you think of, of a certain girl that left Roscoe to go to school in Paris, France. If you're not already, you can follow us on social media. You can find us at Podcast Free Roscoe on Facebook and Instagram or Pod Free Roscoe on Twitter. You can also send us an email let us know what you think of the show your memories of rfr any of the CanCon stuff that we've covered over our episodes um you can also leave us a voicemail if you feel like it we're at podcastfreeroscoe at gmail.com so for now this is podcast free roscoe signing off